welcome back to the Entertainment Goes Pop podcast where all things entertainment cross over with all things pop culture, whether it is TV, movies, music, sports, video gaming, all things are fair topic here on this podcast. This week I've got a lot of premiere dates between the CW and Disney Plus. I've also got thoughts on my continued watch of the Amazing Race Australia. A lot of news coming out of Paramount Plus this week, including price plans and a lot of cool content that they've got coming out. Also got the cast from Big Brother Canada 9 and some other cool stuff, including the my thoughts on the first episode of the Punky Brewster reboot. I'll save that for the end in case anybody does not want spoilers. I'm going to save that for the very end. So let's get right into all these topics on this week's podcast. Let's get into what has become a weekly segment here on NBA All-Star Weekend as we just keep getting news every single week. We've had the voting results for the last several weeks, including the starters last week. This week we had the reserves. Now remember that these are voted by the coaches. Uh, We actually had four first-time All-Stars picked out of these reserves I'm going to read this on how the coaches selected the All-Stars here. In selecting the All-Star game reserves, each NBA head coach voted for seven players in his conference, two guards, three front court players, and two additional players at any position. The head coaches were not permitted to vote for players from their own team. So let's get right into it. The Western Conference, Anthony Davis, this is his eighth NBA All-Star appearance. Paul George, this is his seventh NBA All-Star appearance. Rudy Gobert, this is his second. Damian Lillard, this is his sixth appearance. Donovan Mitchell, this is his second. Chris Paul with his 11th. And Zion Williamson with his first appearance in the NBA All-Star game. In the East, Jalen Brown, first-time All-Star. James Harden, ninth-time All-Star. Zach Levine from my Chicago Bulls, his first NBA All-Star appearance. Julius Randle, first-time All-Star. Ben Simmons, third-time All-Star. Jason Tatum, second-time All-Star. And Nikola Vujicic, second-time All-Star. So that's not all the news, though, because there was one player that was talked about quite a bit on that he was left off. Well, if you've been following the NBA, you know that Anthony Davis has been injured for about, I guess, the last week. I don't think it's been quite two weeks yet. So, obviously, you know, we pretty well knew right away, just based on his timetable, that he wasn't going to be available for the All-Star game. So, his replacement is going to be Devin Booker from the Phoenix Suns. There were a lot of people that were unhappy that he was left off the All-Star team. But, I mean, when you look at that lineup... On the West, it's kind of like, who do you take out? You know, that's what you get into a lot of times with this all-star voting is that there's just such a talented lineup of players. You know, it's kind of like last week on TNT, they were talking about, you know, players that they thought they were predicting their all-star reserves and they asked Kenny Smith, Kenny had an opinion that somebody should have been in there. I think it was Kenny that they pointed this to. And the question that went to him, he's like, oh, he said, well, this person should be an all-star. And the question pointed to him was, okay, who are you taking out? And he paused. (laughs) And I think that's what happens a lot of times is it's one of those deals to where, oh, so-and-so got left off the all-star team. They should be an all-star. Okay, who are you taking out? You know, and that's what happens a lot of times with with the All-Stars. I mean, the Eastern Conference, cool to see some first-timers here. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got a couple here from Boston in there. And very well-deserved uh, All-Star selections here. So from here, next Thursday, <laughs> as we have more All-Star news, this is when the All-Star draft is going to take place. This is where you're going to have LeBron James for the West 
and then Kevin Durant for the East. They're going to get together, and they're going to do a draft that will be live on TV. So I'm going to read. This is how this goes down if you've never watched this on TV. It's very entertaining to watch. Actually, the first year that they did this, they didn't televise it, and everybody on TNT was like, why are we not televising this? This would be great TV to watch them have to pick players, you know, and then the next year they've started, they did it, and then they've done it ever since. So here is how the rules will go. So the eight players who, along with the two captains, are the starters, will be drafted in the first round. That's a weird sentence, how they, that's a really weird way that they worded that. <laughs> it almost doesn't make sense how they word that. The 14 players who are the reserves will be drafted in the second round. The eight players who... Okay. Okay. The eight players who, along with the two captains, are the starters. They're, they're all drafted in the first round, so you have to pick between your starters in the first round. That was just a weird way how they worded that sentence. So... From there, the second round, the 14 players who are the reserves will then be drafted in the second round. As the top overall vote-getter among fans, LeBron James will have the first pick in the first round of the starters. Kevin Durant will have the first pick in the second round, which will be the reserves. The captains will alternate picks in each round until all players in that round have been selected. So, I mean, it's basically like a schoolyard kind of draft, you know, where you've got all these players in front of you on who you can pick, and then each one of them will say, hey, I take Paul George. Okay, well, I take James Harden. Okay, I take Ben Simmons. You know, that kind of deal there. That's how they do it. Um, they'll air this, like I said, on TNT. If you've ever watched it, it's very entertaining to watch, like, the strategy because you'll have moments to where one person picks the one player that they were getting ready to pick, you know, just like you would in anything when it comes to a draft. So it is very fun to uh, to watch. So that is our latest news coming out of NBA All-Star Weekend. So next week I will talk about the results of the All-Star Draft that takes place Thursday, March 4th, 4th at 7 p.m. Central Time on TNT. So a bunch of TV stuff to discuss this week. For one, we've got some premiere dates for uh, the CW announced their premiere dates for uh, some of their later in the season shows, but then also some of their series premieres. So the CW has announced that season six of Legends of Tomorrow will premiere on Sunday, May 2nd at 7 p.m. Central Time. That means that Legends is going to run through the summer, so it will be a summer show for the CW. With it premiering at 7 p.m., that is going to push Batwoman back to right after Legends at 8 o'clock Central Time. So that will be then. So very excited to see where they go with Legends this year. Uh, Kung Fu, the series premiere of that show, is going to be on Wednesday, April 7th at 7 p.m. Central Time. Dynasty season premiere is going to be on Friday, May 7th at 8 p.m. Central Time. The Republic of Sarah, that series premiere is going to be on Monday, June 14th at 8 p.m. Central. And, of course, Riverdale is going to go on hiatus later this year as its season rolls along. It will resume its season on July the 7th. So whenever you see that hiatus happen with Riverdale with its season 5 you have July 7th to look forward to on when the show comes back from hiatus. Disney Plus also announced a lot of their premiere dates for a lot of their original programming that they have going on. Of course, Marvel fans are very excited about the news on Loki. That is going to premiere on Disney Plus on June 11th. Star Wars The Bad Batch is going to premiere on May 4th. High School Musical The Series Season 2 is going to begin on May the 14th. Zenimation Season 2 is going to premiere on June 11th. The Mysterious Benedict Society debuts on June the 25th. Monsters at Work, which is the latest in the Monsters, Inc. realm, the world, or whatever word I want to throw in there to describe it. The Monsters, Inc. world, if I can even spit out any word. We'll try that. It is going to start on July 7th. July 2nd. I'm all mixed up here. 
July 2nd for Monsters at Work from the Monsters, Inc. crew. I'm definitely going to check that out because I really love Monsters, Inc. Turner and Hooch, the series that's going to be based off the movie, that is going to premiere on July the 16th. Chippendale Park Lie is going to premiere on July 23rd. Big Shot premieres on April 16th. This is the series that's going to star John Stamos as a tempered men's basketball coach who gets kicked out of the NCAA and then he lands a job as a coach at an all-girls high school. So that could be a fun series. I, I will check that out and see how that is. It sounds like it'd be a fun show. If you're a Transformers fan, there's a couple of announcements that came out of the Transformers world today. Uh, there's going to be a new animated series coming to Nickelodeon. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first ever Transformers series that's going to be on Nickelodeon. I can't remember another one. I don't know. Unless there's something I'm forgetting. Uh, Nickelodeon and Hasbro's Entertainment One are teaming up to co-produce it. It's going to be a 26 half-hour episode series. It's going to be exclusively on Nickelodeon. It is defined as an action comedy series. Uh, this is what the president of Nickelodeon Animation had to say about it. Said, as soon as I read the creative concept, which is which at its core is about family, I knew we absolutely had to tell this story with our good friends at E1 and Hasbro. The series will tell a reimagined story featuring both original characters and fan favorites for a whole new generation of kids and families. The creative team at Nick overseen by Claudia Spinelli, SVP of Animation Development. Can't wait to get started on building this new world. So, yeah, that sounds interesting. That's Now, of course, I'm a big Transformers fan. Uh, I grew up with G1. You know, G1, that's, that's my thing. You know, I love G1 Transformers. So anything that plays off G1, it's something that is going to get my attention. Now, Netflix also announced that they're going to be launching a Transformers series. It is called Transformers BotBots. It is going to be a 20-episode animated comedy from showrunners Kevin Burke and Chris Doc Wyatt. So the basic story of this is that the BotBots transform themselves into everyday mall objects. In the day, they hide on the store shelves. At night, they jump into adventure until a group of BotBots called the Lost Bots run into mall security and put all the bots in danger. I don't know about this one. This one... This just kind of feels like this is going to be a very, like, standalone Transformers series, you know, to where it's just, I don't want to use the word fresh, it's, because I think they've, I'm not as familiar with this as much, I've heard people tell me about this, people have told me about this series, yeah, this, I don't know, this one, to me, just doesn't pull me as much, I don't know, I don't know if I'll, I might check it out just to see what it's like. But just the, over, the overall concept, I don't know. This just doesn't get me. The Nickelodeon one, to me, sounds a lot more interesting. That's something I would like. Now, that other Netflix series where they've got Transformers on there that just uh, released, I think it was last year. The, actually, the new season's on there now, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't got to watch it yet, but I really like the first season of it. There's a, So, I mean, there's a definitely a good Transformers series on Netflix right now if you want to check it out. And it's called War for Cybertron. I've really liked that. I think that's been a fun series. I enjoyed the first season. So I need to jump on Netflix and check out season two at some point because season one was something I really enjoyed. Um, as far as other stuff I've been watching, Young Rock, I thought was really good this week. I really liked Young Rock. It's episode two. It was down a little bit, I don't know, it was probably down like a million and a half viewers, I think, from its first week, which is expected. I mean, most of the time, the second episode ratings always go down from the premiere, so that's not anything surprising. I thought, I thought the second episode was better than the pilot. Honestly, I thought it was a lot of fun where you had The Rock trying to impress this girl in high school and, you know, he's trying to be who he wasn't, who he really wasn't, you know, where it's like he's trying to portray himself as rich and all these things and he's trying to win her over. And it's like I thought the whole, I just thought the whole concept was pretty fun to where, 
you know, you also have the story of his dad, you know, Rocky Johnson, to where he's he's still wanting to be in his prime, you know, to where he's when he's telling these wrestling stories to people, he's telling it from like the perspective of like I'm selling out Madison Square Garden, you know, and things like that and you know, just telling it from like we're packed and with people here. And, you know, instead at this point, he's wrestling in front of like 10 people at the, at the local flea market or something like that, you know? So, you know, it's like, he's hyping this up and he, about this show that he's getting ready to do, or he's going to be working a show and, you know, the rock is talking to, to this girl and he's invites her to it. And then of course he thinks it's going to be something a lot bigger too. And he shows up at a flea market you know, and she's completely creeped out by it, you know, and because she's, she's very much into the rich thing and all that. But the thing is, she gets really hooked into watching this match. They stick around to where, you know, she's looking to bail where she's like, this is ridiculous. I'm not sticking around for this. I don't want to be at this flea market. I'm better than this flea market and things like that. And and, you know, Rock sticks with his dad. He's like, you know what? You can go if you want to go, but I'm staying. And she's like, why? Because he's my dad. And I love my dad. And I want to support my dad. And she ends up staying. She ends up staying with him. And she gets completely hooked into the match. And, you know, and of course, Rock and his dad are communicating with each other, you know, during the match where he's in a submission hole and he's selling it like crazy, you know, and she's just completely in it. Just like, Oh my goodness, this guy's terrible. Get just destroy him, get even with him. And she's cheering for Rocky and, uh, rock makes eye contact with his dad. And it's just like, she's really into this, you know, keep working this. She's, you know, you got the sympathy thing going on here next to me. So yeah, it was just a very fun episode. I really liked it. And I am still working my way through Amazing Race Australia. I planned on talking about it a lot to this point because I'm up to episode 9. And I'm really loving it. And I wanted to give more details on some stuff. But I, it was going to involve some research to where I needed to make sure I had some some of my things in my head right on like some of the happenings and everything but I'm terrified of getting spoilers because I've seen like episode 12 is up. So I just completely threw that idea out because I just did not want to risk me getting spoiled on how this season plays out. But I absolutely love Amazing Race Australia. It is so good. The cast is so good. The twists are fun. The only twist I'm not crazy about and is the stowaway twist or whatever they've got going on to where, and they do this a lot in Australia. They did this with a uh, big brother Australia a lot to where you'll get halfway through the season or something. And they'll just drop a random brand new person into the game. They did that with big brother Australia where it was just like, okay, you have a brand new person and they're, they're in the game now. And they did this with amazing race Australia to where, they are about halfway through the season. I don't know how many episodes this runs. You know, I know we're probably about halfway through the cast at this point, or almost halfway. And just randomly another team shows up, and they're in the race. And I just thought, and they're an extremely likable team. I mean, I like them, but it's just such a weird twist that if I was a cast member, I wouldn't be happy about that twist to where we've just beat our brains out to get to this point and here comes a brand new team that's fresh and you know they could force my elimination from the race you know and what's even crazier is I talk about the one but so this team has been around for about I don't know two three I guess three episodes now and they actually won the last leg of the race and one thing with Amazing Race Australia is that they have this fast pass to where they throw this twist in. They've thrown it in three times, I think, now. And I talked a little about it last week where you had to give the salvage uh, pass and the sabotage pass to one of the two bottom teams. But the 
not only does the winning team of that leg get to do that, but they also get the fast pass, which makes it to where they don't even have to compete the next leg of the race. They get a bye, basically, to where they can just sit back and chill out, and they don't have to compete. So not only did this returning team jump in, but they won that leg of the race, so they got to sit out the next one. And they got to hand out the sabotage and uh, and the other. You know, they got to hand those out. So we get to that point, and then I'm seeing the previews for the next episode, and they're getting ready to land another brand new team into the race, which is just mind-blowing to me. Is, you know, just somebody that hasn't seen this a lot on, like, U.S. reality TV shows. I mean, we've seen it in some, but... I don't I can't recall this ever happening on US Amazing Race or like I don't know even Big Brother. I don't think that's ever happened unless it was just some weird circumstances. So I mean that's definitely an interesting twist that they're doing in Australia where they do that, but like I said it just I don't know if they do this on uh Australian Survivor. I'm not sh- I want to watch Australian Survivor because I hear really good things about that. That may be something I'll look up in the future. Maybe I can land in a really good season of that. But I do know they've done this on Big Brother Australia to where I was watching that season a few years ago. And it was just like, hey, this is a brand new person. And then I think they maybe even dropped another one in after that. So it just seems like this is something Australia really likes to do, is just dropping brand new people into these reality show games. So, but yeah, I really like Amazing Race Australia. It has been a lot of fun. Um, I've definitely got favorite teams. I like Jordan and Violetta. I really like that team a lot. They, They just play off each other so well and they're just so encouraging and calm of one another and just very likable and I've just I've really liked them but I just I really like pretty much everybody you know there's it's fun cast it's really a fun cast so as I get more episodes watched I don't know if the season has ended in Australia because again I'm afraid to look up anything that even involves it because I don't want to get spoiled on anything. So that is my plan. Hopefully next week I can talk a little bit more as far as recapping and giving overall thoughts as uh, this show continues on. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. It just absolutely destroys <laughs> the 2020 season of The Amazing Race here in the U.S. It does not even compare on a fun level is uh, Amazing Race Australia is just awesome. We are just under a week away from Big Brother Canada 9 getting started. Very exciting. Um, I was watching RHAP tonight. They were doing their uh, <clears throat> they were doing their draft where they draft uh, players and try to see if they can pick the winner. And one thing Taryn Armstrong said on there was he he was saying we deserve a good season after after what we dealt with last year because we just well of course Big Brother Canada eight got cut short because of the pandemic. I mean it lasted what two weeks maybe because that's right when the pandemic started and everything shut down and they had to had to take the whole season down, shut production down, which was a bummer. But at the same time. You know, there was a there was Big Brother Canada eight was already starting to not look like it was gonna be a very positive season. We had some good cast members in there, but there was already like controversy and just a lot of bad. There was just a lot of bad and potential bad, so it was a bummer. I mean they shut production down, which was even more of a bummer, but I don't know how good that season was going to be. Uh, you know, if it had played out. And then we get to Big Brother All-Stars here in the U.S. And it was just so disappointing. We were all so pumped for another Big Brother All-Stars because 
what was it 2006 was big brother seven here in the u.s and it was just amazing they we just had all these awesome players back and we were just so excited and we got such a great season i mean if you could if you haven't watched big brother that would definitely be one of the seasons that i would really i would really recommend would be big brother seven all-stars it's it's arguably the greatest season ever. I mean, it's it's that's all debatable. I mean, if, if it's not the best or the favorite, it's it's right up there in the mix. And so, I mean, we waited all this time to get another Big Brother All-Stars. And the cast came out and we were excited. And it just wasn't very fun at all to watch. It was just a very frustrating season. Like, I was glued for several weeks to where I just thought, oh, I'm going to lose so much sleep. And I was already losing sleep because I was already glued to the live feeds. I was like, this is awesome. Look at all these people that are back. And then it blew my mind that um, maybe a month later, a month and a half later, I just completely turned my feeds off and wasn't even watching feeds anymore, which was if you would have told me that, that would have just blew my mind. Like, what? Are you kidding me? This thing derails? How is that possible? You know, and then by the end, it's like I just wasn't even... I, I barely watched live feeds for the last half of the season. You know, it was just... It was frustrating. It was just a frustrating season to watch. And we just wanted it to be better. We wanted it to be so much fun. You know, and it just didn't turn out that way, sadly. You know, so we're hoping for Big Brother Canada 9 to be greatness. We just, we want it to be great. We want to enjoy it, for it to be fun. So we've got Arissa Cox, that she's now a producer, and she's heavily involved in this. And she's just working so hard to make this a positive, great experience of a season, you know. So, let's go over this cast. There's not a lot of information out there. I've watched a little of the videos. I watched the ET Canada's got the cast up. They've got a they've got a compilation, you know, they've got a montage clip and I did watch that video. I didn't watch the individual ones. I just kind of did the quick summary because I was trying to get everything caught up tonight before I watched RHAP because I wanted to get them get rolling and see what they were going to talk about, watch that. So so here's what we've got. First of all, season 9 is going to begin on Wednesday, March 3rd at 6 p.m. Central Time. That'll be on Global in Canada. It'll be a three-night schedule. Monday's at 8 p.m. Central Time. Wednesday's at 6 p.m. Central Time. Thursday's at 7 p.m. Central Time, which I assume that will be eviction night because usually Thursdays are always eviction night in the U.S. and in Canada. Most of the time, unless it's a special week or something. So, and of course, the live feeds are free. Live feeds are free in Canada. And so let's get into this cast. So we're just going to read down, just going to read like the, you know, the bios that we've got here. There's not a lot of information that we've got. So we've got Austin. She is 23 from Newmarket, Ontario. She is a realtor model. She is single. We have Beth, 27, from Tomahawk, Alberta, homeless support worker, and she is single as well. We have Braden, 23, from Calgary, Alberta. He is an anthropology student, also single. We have a lot of singles on this cast. The majority of this cast is single, which is what they want. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of goes with what Big Brother is anymore. And even the video I watched, a lot of it was single and ready to mingle, you know. <clears throat> so we have Josh, 30, from New Westminster, British Columbia. He is a film production coordinator, also single. Jedson, 25, from Aurora, Ontario. He is a personal trainer, also single. Julie, 28, from Vancouver, British Columbia. She is a social media influencer, also single. Kiefer, 32 from Old Masset, British Columbia. He is a radio host. He is shacked up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what shacked up is defined as. It made me laugh when I saw that. 
Latoya, 34, from Pickering, Ontario. She is a police officer and single. We have Rohan, or Rohan, I'm sorry if I get that wrong, 26, from Toronto, Ontario, Strategic Partnerships Manager. He is also single. We have Tushan, or Tushan. I'm sorry if I'm getting these names mixed up. I will learn these names as this uh, season rolls on. 29 from Montreal, Quebec, Urban Planner, also single. Tara, 37, LaSalle, Ontario, hometown. She is a mom and a spin instructor, married with children. So there's our first, that is our first married right there. Tina, 42, from Paradise, Newfoundland. Uh, graphic designer, she is in a relationship. Victoria, 27, from Hamilton, Ontario, a youth advocate in a relationship. Ethan, 22, from Banff, Alberta. He is a line cook, single. Okay, here's where things get interesting. So, Ethan is on this list. As of tonight, he is no longer on this list. So, what happened, may you ask? Well, there are some allegations that have been going around on online because Big Brother people, Big Brother fans, they are just straight up detectives, you know, and there were some things that started floating around of different statements he's made in the past and different stuff that's, that has shown up on his socials. And Big Brother Canada tonight has put out this statement that Ethan is out. I'm going to read this statement that they put out. So this is what they put out on their socials earlier tonight. This is actually about an hour ago as I record this. That was a little, I, I think this is about two hours ago, actually. Um, so today, Global TV and Insight Productions were made aware of some significant concerns regarding an individual who has been announced as part of the Season 9 cast for Big Brother Canada. We take this information seriously and acknowledge the impact these concerns raise for both the production and those involved. While much of what has been brought to our attention remains unproven, we cannot proceed with casting this person. This individual will be replaced ahead of the season premiere. So, they didn't name the person, but, you know, if if you're a Big Brother fan, you know who this is involving. So, that's Ethan. And so, Ethan is out. You know, I mean, it's just a deal where, you know, this, like I said to begin this, Big Brother Canada... They're, they want this to be a fun, positive experience. They want this to be just, they want it to be great. They've really worked hard on making this cast like the most diverse cast in Big Brother history. The, I mean, definitely in Canada and the U.S. that I've seen. I don't know about other countries beyond that because I haven't watched the others, but I've watched Canada and the U.S. So this is something that they just clearly did not want to deal with, you know, right out of the gate to where you're trying to make this diverse and positive and just a good thing for the fans and for the cast. And, you know, this is just something they just clearly shut down right off the bat and just said, we're not even going to deal with this. So what happens now? Well, because Big Brother fans are complete detectives I mean, they could really, like, Big Brother fans could work for the FBI. It's insane what they can track down. It's They're just awesome. So, so they figured it out. You know, fans started posting where a picture had went up that had a name. And then, of course, Big Brother Canada has since put more information up there. So we have a replacement for Ethan, and that is going to be Kyle. He is 26 from Red Deer, Alberta, and a hockey coach. So that's all we know on Kyle. I mean, with it being last minute. And the thing is, too, you got to remember that they always keep alternates. They've got alternates in place in case something happens, you know, to where anytime somebody just can't be on the show, if somebody backs out or just whatever, you know, they've always got alternates in place. So here comes Kyle. Kyle stepping in and... Yeah, this is a big thing for him. So he is now part of the cast of Big Brother Canada 9. I'm sure as we get closer to the premiere, we'll get some more information about him. Hopefully a video. Maybe they'll post a video here in the next few days or something. They may have already posted some more stuff tonight as I'm recording this. But So 
that is the situation there. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, hit, uh, good job, Big Brother Canada. I mean, they just, they want this to be positive. They want this to be a great experience, a fun thing for fans and just for the cast themselves and producers, everybody. They just want this to be a positive thing. And they just, you know, they just went ahead and shut this down from the beginning and just didn't want to deal with it, you know. So, so we've got Kyle. Kyle is our newest cast member. So now the question is, if I that's 14 cast members, if I remember right. I believe my counting's right there. That gives us 14. Now there's speculation. I mean, there's always with Big Brother, there's speculation on anything and everything. There's speculation that there might be some returning players. Is this true? Who knows? You know, I mean, this is also like Big Brother to where every single year right like within a month well not even a month just it can happen at any time where rumors will start flying hey hearing rumors that this is going to be all-stars this year and it took us until 2020 before the rumor of all-stars was actually true in the u.s i mean in canada we've gotten you know returning season in canada a few years ago but there's speculation out there that there may be you know, a couple more people coming in here. So, and there's talk of maybe some people from Big Brother Canada 8, you know, since they really didn't get to play the game. For me, if you're bringing people back from Big Brother Canada 8, I would love for it to be Brooke and Sheldon. That's who I would love for it to be because they were absolutely devastated as super fans that this, that the show ended. You know, that was, you know, especially Brooke. I remember Brooke, she just sobbed, you know, that this was her dream to be on the show and she finally got on. And then something completely out of her control took that away from her, you know, and she really struggled with that. And they both did. So I would love to see Sheldon and Brooke because they deserve it. They deserve to get another run at Big Brother. So. Yeah, I don't know. There may not be any returning players. It may just all be speculation and nothing of it. It could be somebody from a whole different season, you know. But if it's somebody from Big Brother Canada 8, let it be Brooke and Sheldon. Let them come back and get to play this game that they just so desperately wanted to play. So that would be really awesome. Now, the twist of this game from early on is that there's talk that they are going to split the split the cast into teams where they're going to have captains. The audience is going to vote who the two captains are, and then the captains are going to pick the teams. And I don't know, you know, how that's going to play out, how they pick teams. If you know, you never know what the twist might be. It might be like what Taryn Armstrong was saying tonight on the podcast. They could be picking who the other person's team is. You know, you just never know with these twists on how that's going to work out. So we are about, less, we're less than a week away. We're six days away from Big Brother Canada 9 premiering. Just, you know, I just want it to be good. I just want it to be good. We just, you know, all of us Big Brother fans, we're just desperate for a great Big Brother season. And just really, there's a lot of hope on this uh, BB Canada 9 cast that we're going to get a good season. So next week, I will cover the premiere. And depending on how it goes, I don't know how, I don't know if we'll have an eviction that early or not or what. We'll have to see where we are to the point on Thursday. So more Big Brother Canada 9 coming next week on the podcast. So Paramount Plus announced so much new information this week. They had a big presentation talking about, it was three hours. Their presentation was apparently three hours with uh, all the information that they put out, including like pricing, you know, things that were going to be released with it. And again, if you're not familiar with Paramount Plus, this is a new streaming service. It's kind of new. It's new, but it's not new. 
this is CBS All Access. It is it is completely coming together into something new. It's going to be Paramount Plus. There's going to be a lot more on it. It's just next level, like way up next level of what CBS All Access has been. So this is something I want to read. If you're already a CBS All Access subscriber, this is something that they sent out to people, to subscribers earlier today because I got this email. So I'm going to read this. If you are a CBS All Access subscriber, maybe this is something that will help you out. On March 4th, your CBS All Access subscription will switch automatically to Paramount+. Plus. As a loyal CBS All Access subscriber, your current limited commercials plan benefits and price of $5.99 per month will not change. But we do want you to be aware that later this year, the current limited commercials plan will be discontinued and a new $4.99 per month plus tax plan that does not include access to your local live CBS station will be introduced. This will not affect you unless you cancel and resubscribe after this plan is introduced. At that time, you'll only be able to choose between the new $4.99 per month plan with limited commercials and without the ability to stream your local live CBS station or the existing commercial free plan. Don't worry, we'll send you another reminder with the exact date as it gets closer. So basically, what's going on is like you pay $5.99 per month right now for CBS All Access. Um, also with that, you get your local CBS affiliate. So you get to watch, you can watch a live stream with that. It, it has commercials, you have commercials with that. So basically they're saying that we're going to roll you over and then there's going to be another plan later on that's going to be even cheaper than what you're paying right now, but it's not going to include your local CBS affiliate. So if you want your local CBS affiliate, you're going to have to bump up to the next version to which it's going to be a higher cost. I believe that's going to be $9.99. That's going to be the cost for that. That's going to be ad-free, and then that will include your CBS local affiliate as well. They have a deal where if you want to sign up early, you can, and you get a 50% off discount if you do. If you sign up for Paramount Plus for before March 3rd and you want to sign up for a full year, you can get a big discount on this. It's going to be, you know, head over to ParamountPlus.com. They have on here, it says, sign up for CBS All Access annual plan today, and for a limited time, we'll sweeten the deal with 50% off your first year. So, if you want it, if you're going to, if you want to lock in for Paramount for one year, if you're not going to be somebody that's going to jump in and out, you know, this is the deal for you. Jump in there and get in and get your price locked before March 3rd because it's going to be well worth your money. So what is going to be on Paramount Plus? Well, there's a lot of stuff. And like I said, it was a three-hour presentation. I didn't even see everything that's going to be available. And there's so much to talk about that I can't even cover it all. So I'm just going to kind of hit some of my highlights and some of the things that I'm interested in, some of the, like the, kind of the bigger name kind of topics that were going on. So of course last week I talked about the real world homecoming, which is going to reunite the cast of the first season of the real world, New York. They are going to reunite in the same loft that they lived in back in 1992 so that is something I'm definitely going to be checking out and will be talking about on this podcast. That is going to launch on March 4th with Paramount+. Plus. So one thing that they also talked about is that, and this plays off what a lot of the other streaming services are doing with the big screen movies, they're going to kind of pick and choose on some of the movies that they're going to put up on the streaming service. Now, they're not going to launch the same day like what HBO Max is doing and some of the others. They are going to kind of pick and choose and there's going to be a delay. Now, they're going to have like a 35 to 45 day delay. After they premiere in theaters, some of these are going to pop up, including A Quiet Place 2, Mission Impossible 7, and Paw Patrol the movie. Those are three that are going to launch. Now, based on that time frame, that should launch A Quiet Place 2 around November 1st. 
Mission Impossible around January 3rd and Paw Patrol around October 4th. So there's going to be a delay in those, but that will be something that, you know, if you don't want to go to theaters and see it or just something happens where you don't get to see it, you know, give it a little time. It'll pop up on Paramount+. Plus. Now, some of the others, there's going to be some others like Top Gun, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Scream, you know, and some others. They are going to be up there as well, but they're going to wait till after their full theater run. And then it's going to have to be determined, I guess, on if they even, you know, have to wait till some other home viewing, you know, maybe like things that they have to wait on with that. So... They're picking and choosing. They're not going full power, like especially what HBO Max is doing, like Tom and Jerry's getting ready to launch on HBO Max. So, you know, they're going to pick and choose here. Frasier, the hit TV show from the 90s, is coming back. That's something that's been rumored for a while, that something like this was was in the works uh, there's not much details on it, and there's nothing like even like which characters are going to return. So, really, all that's known with Frasier is that it's coming back, and you know there'll be some more details later on. Beavis and Butthead, the original show from the '90s on MTV, is coming back for a movie. They actually released a little teaser of it to where uh, they were doing like a little Zoom kind of thing, kind of a spoof that was kind of fun so they are going to be coming back for a movie looks exactly the same as it always did so not really any details other than just that uh just that little teaser that they put out there now here's something that's very interesting especially on the mtv vh1 top side here so they are going to bring back behind the music Yo MTV Raps, and Unplugged. And of course, those were all huge uh, series for MTV back in the 90s. Uh, no word on launch dates for any of them. Also, they're bringing back Road Rules, which is very interesting. I'm curious to see how they do Road Rules in a modern day. Of course, Road Rules was real big in the 90s as well. And with between Behind the Music, Yo MTV Raps, Unplugged, Road Rules, Real World, did somebody that works for Paramount Plus just pull up an MTV schedule from the mid-90s and say, yep, let's let's do it. Let's order all of this. You know, so we're singled out. You know, is it is it coming next? Are we bringing Jenny McCarthy back and we're going to have singled out and we're going to have that crazy dating show coming back or whatever? It's just kind of crazy because, I mean, it's almost like you're just watching, like, 1995 or something, MTV, like, Reborn here or something. It's very crazy. And I'm not even done with uh, with that. I mean, they've also announced the Challenge All-Stars is going to be coming back. It is going to launch and feature 22 players from the original Real World and Road Rules to where they compete for $500,000. And one thing that they've pointed out is that they're planning on bringing back like the old schoolers, like the originals. And they've released some names with the little teaser video that they put out. They released some names. Not many, but these are some throwbacks here. And this this is going to get me to watch. And I'm curious to see who all else they add. They've added Mark Long, who was on the original Road Rules. And what's interesting with Road Rules is I always felt like Road Rules, it was like, because when you watched Real World Los Angeles, it launched with its first episode to where Dominic went to pick up Tammy in in the van. And then they drive together and they drive to Owensboro and they pick up John Brennan, you know, and then they all ride together to Los Angeles across the country and to me, it, it always felt like when Road Rules got announced like a year or two after that, that they were going to do it, it almost felt like that, like that was, they watched, they looked at that real world deal to where they, you know, drove across country and they were like, you know, that kind of worked. That was good TV for a couple episodes. Let's, let's make it a, like a reality show and that they all compete and 
tasks and challenges and stuff like that, you know? So that's one thing I always thought with road rules is that to me, it always felt like road rules was like a spinoff of the first two episodes of the real world. Los Angeles is kind of how that ended up being where they're like, Hey, that worked. Let's make a show out of that. So with the challenge, we've got Mark Long, who was on the original road rules. I love the original road rules season. It was so good. We have Trishel from the real world, Las Vegas season, which is the season that made me completely lose interest in the real world. I never, I've lost a lot of interest in the real world and quit watching after Vegas season. We have Cyrus from Real World Boston, Beth S. from Real World Los Angeles, and Ruthie from Real World Hawaii. We have Eric Big Easy Banks, apparently a big character. I don't know anything about him because he's he's after he's after my time with watching a Real World and Road Rules. So I'm I'm definitely gonna be checking this out. This will be something in a future podcast as well. And hopefully we'll get some more information. I'm really excited to see what the cast is going to be. You know, if I could at least know who half this cast is to where at least half the cast is like old schoolers to where it plays to like my fandom and a lot of us that grew up watching it from the beginning. I I watched the challenge until I loved the challenge when it first started, when it was real world road rules, all stars, and it was the challenge and whatnot. And then I stopped watching because, again, I stopped watching The Real World, and then Road Rules just went away. But I stopped watching The Real World after Vegas, so the challenge became more and more people that I just didn't know. You know, I just wasn't familiar with it, so I just quit watching. You know, it got to the point where the challenge was like maybe two people I knew who they were. So I just kind of faded out. So, but I loved the challenge when... uh first started watching it so yeah i mean if if i can get half of this cast to where it's old schoolers that i know that'll be a lot of fun even with what they've announced so far i'll check it out but yeah that'll be something very cool so there is a lot of cool content coming from paramount plus i'm curious to see how they do unplugged because Unplugged back in the 90s was a huge show. There were so many shows from Unplugged. I mean, it was so popular that they released albums. And there were a lot of singles that got released off of performances from Unplugged. I mean, you had Mariah Carey's I'll Be There. I mean, that came from that. The Nirvana uh, Unplugged was real popular. There were so many, just endless amounts of uh, special shows of Unplugged that were very popular. And behind the music, goodness, there was no telling how many times that thing would just run in a block, <laughs> you know, of programming to where they would just run episodes right in a row. So, yeah, and then that and Yo! MTV Raps, I'm just very curious to see what they do with this and what the spin is on that so yeah i mean there's a lot of cool content it really now that i think about it more and more as i'm looking at these prices i'm wondering if i need to just lock down (laughs) for the full year and just say sign me up for the full year especially when because of course we're going to get to the summer and big brother live feeds are going to be back so i'm going to be in for three or four months of big brother live feeds anyway so you're listening to me negotiate with myself currently that I might just need to go full year and lock this dude down. <laughs> so, but yeah, if you're a if you're a fan of any of this stuff, you know there's there's a lot of cool content. It's a good price. It's a good price for Paramount Plus, and it's actually cheaper than what CBS All Access is right now, as far as on the on the with ad version. So. And you're going to have a lot of content on here from CBS, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, MTV, Smithsonian Channel. So, a lot of cool content coming your way from Paramount+. Plus.
The new reboot of Punky Brewster is now up on Peacock. I'm going to talk spoilers here on the first episode. So if you do not want to know the happenings on this first episode of the Punky Brewster reboot, now is your time to tune out. This is going to be the last thing I'm going to talk about on this podcast. So if you do not want to know about the Punky Brewster happenings in the first episode, this is your spoiler warning. So let's go. So what happens here as far as, you know, what's up on Peacock? There's 10 episodes. All 10 are up there. I don't know if it's up on the free version. Uh, I have the paid version of Peacock. So all I know is all 10 episodes are up there for me. So I don't know how they're doing it for anybody that's not on that version of Peacock. Yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the premiere. I thought it was fun. Uh, basically I liked how they opened it and what's funny is, you know, I was watching this and it's been so long since I've seen the original as I was watching this, I thought, man, I really probably need to go back and just watch a few episodes of the original just cause it's been so long since I've seen any of them. Of course, they've got all the seasons up there on Peacock to where you can watch them, but I loved how it opened up to where you had Punky Brewster walking out into the living room and up on the wall she's got a picture of Henry and she's talking to Henry up on to the picture on the wall and she's talking about how hard it is raising kids and how did you raise just me and and it was just it was a very sweet moment that paid a nice tribute to Henry and that character and that actor so into such what was the heart of that original series. So that was very cool. So as far as the story here, we get the news that Punky's coming off a divorce, you know, to where she's divorced. She's got, she's got the one kid and she's got two foster kids that she's adopted, that she adopted straight off of, you know, from being babies. So they've been with her you know, their whole life. So have that we also had the moment where we see the dog. We see Brandon. You know, she's still got a dog named Brandon that she goes to walk. And there's the there's a funny moment in the beginning to where, you know, her daughter looks and says, You're wearing two different shoes and Punky looks down. She's like, Oh, hadn't done that a while. Huh. Still works. You know, so that was a nice little nod to the original show as well. So and then a lot of the story is like we're getting like Punky's fallout, you know, from the divorce and, you know, where she's not ready to date again and she's getting pushed from the daughter, you know, that you need to date and she's trying to get her on dating apps. And then we even, you know, of course, Cherry, she's in this, she's back in the show and she's pushing on that and she works at a foster agency and she is working on getting this little girl named Izzy adopted and get her into a foster home. That is what her, uh, that's what she's working on. And the thing that's the funny deal here is that Izzy is straight up Punky Brewster from when she was a kid. And that's where they bond to where... You know, Izzy's even trying to sneak out of the place to where, you know, they even, they lose her. They wander off and that's how Punky meets her because the rest, everybody else is out looking for her, trying to figure out where she is. And Izzy's like, yeah, I'm breaking out of this place again. And, and uh, Punky's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I held the record for most times broken out of this place. And Izzy's like, yeah, well, I'm going to break your record. So there's there's the very common bond of Izzy and Punky Brewster to where they're very similar. Like Punky sees so much of herself in Izzy with uh to where she's you know, she's scarred and hurt from being abandoned by her mom. And then we end up seeing the story later on to where, you know, Sherry, she she asked Punky to keep her for keep Izzy for a little bit to where she's trying to work out the final deal on getting her uh, adopted with this new family. These she's got a couple that's ready to ready to bring her in to be foster parents, 
And so Punky takes her in for, you know, for a couple of days or whatever. And of course, Izzy's trying to break out of there too, which is a throwback to the original series, you know, with like how Punky and uh, Henry were at first. And so they end up bonding together there. And she ends, and Izzy ends up bonding with the family too, with, with all the other kids. And we learn a little more too, like, you know, what Punky's doing with her life where she she's a photographer now and she used to be a photojournalist and she says that you know she had all these pictures up and you know Izzy asked well why didn't you why don't you do that anymore and she says well you know I wanted to spend more time with my family so now I'm a photographer and I do weddings and parties and I enjoy it a lot more because it's like I'm getting to be a part of these people's big moments you know and it has a lot more meaning to it and uh, Izzy's talking about, you know, it's like, oh, it'd be cool to be a photographer. And Punky's like, well, you can be a photographer. You can be anything you want. She's like, well, I don't have a camera. And Punky says, well, you don't need a camera. She's like, you can take a picture with your mind. And she said, just, just look at the moment and then take that picture of mine and say, click. And then you've got it frozen in your mind as a memory. So what ends up happening is you have the foster parents to where they're ready to take Izzy they come over to Punky's, and everything's ready to go. And Punky starts seeing some things in the foster parents that she doesn't like. That's making her uncomfortable. That this isn't going to be a good situation for Izzy. So Izzy, of course, ends up running off again and takes off into Punky's uh, old treehouse. You know, ends up going up there. And, of course, the family, they've all bonded to Izzy, too, and they don't want her to go. So, Punky ends up talking to Izzy, you know, just like, you know, what's going on? What's what's the problem? And Izzy's saying, I don't need you, and I don't need anyone. I'm going to be fine all by myself. She says, I'm going to go find my mom, and I'm going to go tell her that I'm sorry for whatever it is that I did that made her leave. And Izzy tells a story that says she was dropped off at school one day and then her mom never came back. And, you know, Punky starts telling the same story as well. And Punky says, you know, that she was abandoned as well. There was one day where she went to the, she was left in a grocery store parking lot and then her mom never came back. And Punky's saying how all those years after that, she was, she was constantly saying, you know, what was wrong with me? What was so wrong with me that my mom left me and abandoned me? And that she found out, you know, she initially put it together and said, well, it wasn't anything wrong with me. It was something wrong with my mom. Something was wrong with her to where she didn't feel like that she could give me the life that I needed. So, and that's how she, you know, explains it to Izzy as well, that it wasn't anything that you did. It was just something that your mom did. It was something that was going on with her and that you can't blame yourself for being abandoned. It had nothing to do with you. So as they go back inside, they're getting ready to hand off Izzy to the new foster parents. And as she goes to walk off, Punky locks hands on her and won't let her go. And they're like, okay, you've got to let her go. And Punky's like, I'm trying, but I can't. I can't let her go. And basically, Punky's like, we're keeping her. You know, we're we're not letting her go. She She's ours. And so that ends up happening. And she's, Izzy's going to be, you know, that's going to be her foster situation there is moving in with Punky and that, and, you know, her kids there. So, it's a very sweet moment. I really like that. And it's it's cool seeing how the two of them can bond together on that. We have Freddie Prince Jr. on this show. He is playing Travis, which is Punky's ex-husband. And he he keeps hanging around. It's pretty funny. And he ends up even bonding with Izzy at one point when Izzy's about to take off again. And... You know, he's Travis is like, hey, I make some really great chocolate chip pancakes, you know, and she's like, oh, well, OK, well, I want to check that out. You know, that sounds really good. So they end up bonding over chocolate chip pancakes. And, you know, Punky keeps saying, why are you here? You know, it's like we're divorced. And, you know, her daughter even tells her, hey, dad's uh, dating some 26 year old girl now <laughs> or something. 
along those lines. So you might want to start dating yourself because he's moved on and you need to as well. And there's another situation that's with a daughter where she's in the elevator, but the daughter is hooked on this guy that she hasn't been able to have any kind of, any kind of, uh, any kind of courage to talk to. She hasn't been able to work up the courage to talk to the guy. And she ends up in the elevator with Izzy and she's roaming up and down the elevators, up and down the floors, waiting for this guy to basically pop in the elevator. And the guy ends up popping up in there and Izzy almost plays like an in-between between them. And that's kind of the bonding moment between, you know, between them to where Izzy got this going and helped helped her make this connection with a guy to where she ends up, you know, giving the phone number to the guy to where he's like, yeah, I'll text you. And, you know, so kind of gets that going. And they have like a moment later on to where it's like a celebration moment to where she's heard from the guy. So that was kind of their bonding situation that played out there. So with Travis, he keeps hanging around. It's pretty funny to where she's like, you weren't even around this much when when we were married. So why are you hanging out even more now? So I like Freddie Prince Jr. I think he's he's really good on this show. And I like I like how they play off each other. It's very fun. But the big moment was at the end to where Punky and Cherry are sitting together on the couch and you know, they've already went through everything with the foster deal and Punky gets a phone call and she's like, uh, you know, she's, I'm looking for Penelope, you know, blah, 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 Brewster or whatever her, like her full name is. And she's like, well, yeah, this is her, but I go by Punky and, and she just kind of locks up and gets teary eyed and she's like, mom, and it was it's a call from her mom so that was a very cool twist on the very first episode of Punky Brewster i'm very pumped to see where it goes from here so that was a very cool twist that Punky Brewster is going to get a call from her mom so they foreshadowed that all the way through the pilot so very interested to see where that goes and if there's a reunion here and you know, if there's some kind of closure for Punky or whatever goes on. But yeah, it's it's a very enjoyable show. I liked I liked watching it. Uh, the first episode ran about 28 minutes long. So yeah, I mean, if you enjoyed the original, check it out. Even if you didn't watch the original, check it out. It's a fun show. Even, I think you could jump in. And like I said... I'm somebody that's been so long since I've watched the show that I'm kind of fuzzy on some of it to where I really need to go back and watch. And I jumped right back in. So if uh, if you just want to jump in brand new, try it out. See if you like it. It's, uh, it's definitely worth giving it a watch. That is it for this week's episode of the podcast. Take care. God bless. Thank you so much as always for listening. And I hope you have a great day.